Yes. Um, you were talking about, like, you know, you fell asleep while we were watching, like, really loud Game Grumps videos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how you do? Because it's so loud. <laughs> what the magic. But, like, you you said as long as it's, like, a consistent volume, you can do it. Mm-hmm. But, like, mine has to be the same sound at the same volume. Yeah. Which is why, so, like, if any, if I, if I can't fall asleep to anyone talking because... Mm-hmm. Immediately, my brain is like, "Oh, what are they saying? What is it? Pay attention. <laughs> what is? It's important." And I'm like, "It's not. I'm just. I just want to sleep." And it's like, "No, but what are they saying? But what is it?" So even if I turn it down low enough that I can't actually hear the words, and I just hear kind of like the the sounds of talking, my brain is like, "No, listen better. Listen closer." Mm-hmm. Which is why I just have really loud fans. Yeah. So that I can't hear the noises outside my room, and they make the same sound all the time. Yeah. But even, like, having the washing machine, like, randomly, like, slip a sound in will wake me up. Or, like, will make it so I can't sleep. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Oh, that's it's a good terrible. time. I'm so sad for you. Sleeping is such a joy. Yeah. It's important. And uh, I can't do it unless I have very specific circumstances. <laughs> uh, that's too bad. Yeah. I'd like to apologize, first of all, to you. Well... Because my eye is twitching. It is. And it's going to be really bad for you and me (laughs) this whole time. Why do you get eye twitches so much? I don't know. There's a few reasons why it happens. I don't think it's caffeine. Okay. You don't drink that much caffeine. I don't think it's sleep deprivation because I've been sleeping a lot. Okay. I think it might be eye strain Mm. from screen time. Maybe. But that's that's like the only thing that it could be, I think. Sure. So, I mean, it could be like, I guess if you don't have enough electrolytes. Uh, it could be stress. Yeah, it could be like weird muscle stuff. I but just, it's like, but it's always this eye. Right, yeah. It's always this one. You just got a, a muscle that loves to twitch right there. But apparently people, uh, Botox is what was originally used to like treat twitching eyes. Oh, really? Like that's why they like you started doing that in the first started place. Started using Botox to begin with. And they're like, it really makes you look younger around the oh. eye when you do that. And the eyes are the oldest part of you <laughs> that generally So I'm looking old. Yeah, are we recording? Yeah. Cool. Uh this is hysterical history. Ha 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 ha. Hysterical. Hysterical. History. I'm Haley. That's our new jingle. It's not. I'm Alexis. We are full of lies and funnies. And slander. (laughs) Funny history and weird stories, and we tell each other them. Today I'm going to be talking about something close to home. To our home? Uh, Yeah, to our home. Oh. Uh, But I've been been traveling a lot this summer, and you've been traveling a lot this Uh year. This year, we've both been traveling a lot. It's terrible. So I've been I've been thinking a little bit more than usual about how cities have different personalities. Yeah, and just how different it can be. Like, I mean, because the city is just a function of the people that live there. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was in the Midwest, and there's a lot of Germanic influences, very organized. Yep. And all the roads are huge. Everything's very grid system. Yep. Everything is like just, there's hardly any ever traffic. Like nothing like the East Coast or West Coast. Right. Because those coasts ran out of road. Yeah, there's only so much room. Uh, But in the Midwest, everything's so organized and everything had to be big enough for like two horse, horse? 
yeah. ho- horse carts, which is a horse, mm-hmm. to, to do a U-turn at once. And one of them was milk and one of them was beer, so they had to be, like, huge yeah. to do it at once. So you can tell a lot about a place by what it looks like. Hold on, I have to tell you. Please. So I started watching the new season of American Vandal mm-hmm. that's on Netflix. Oh, yeah. But I had to stop immediately. Uh-huh. Because... It was like, I knew the premise of what it is. It's like they get poisoned at school and then they all crap their pants. Nice. And so I'm very excited about it. It's going to be very funny. Yeah. But after like a couple people are being interviewed very seriously mm-hmm. about the incident, you know, um, they show you where it's taking place and it was Bellevue, Washington, Ooh. which is where we live. That's, that's here. And I paused it and I literally <laughs> spun around in a circle like a dog because yeah. I was so excited. And then I close a window because I was like, I can't watch this by myself. I have to watch this with my roommate. You need to watch it with us. So the other people now I can't watch it. Who live there? Who are gonna go? Yeah, when we see it. It also <laughs> reminds me when we when we watched Tag in theaters. Yeah, and we were yeah. we were in Utah watching it because we were on vacation, <laughs> and um, it said Spokane, Washington when they went home, and we we're both like, <gasps> Spokane, Washington. We live in Washington. Like, oh, look, they have Washington license especially for me because I'm from eastern Washington that I was like oh it's like that's one of like the big cities that we would go to to like do things and I'm like that's like second or third home for me (laughs) how lovely so cute yeah and we're like we need to own this movie because it takes place in our home state Nothing goes here. Nothing happens And they talk here. about this, the freaking Mariners and Ken Griffey Jr. Right. It, and it's like, that's... This is so that's beautiful. That's the legacy, man. Yeah. Big, beefy John Hamm's talking about... Yeah. About Mariners. Yeah. It's like, the best. Hell yeah. Do it again, this time in my ear. <laughs> anyway. Your, I just wanted to mention, since we're talking about cities... <laughs> use your and, soft whisper voice, John Hamm. <laughs> So talking about personalities, uh, my city pride that I I was like the poop explosion happens in Bellevue. I'm so happy. Yeah. So in conclusion, you can tell a lot about a town by how it's constructed. Yeah. See, uh, figure one, poop town. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I was like, mm, is it takes place in like a Catholic, what looks like a Catholic school, and like maybe a cat, like a private Catholic school. You mm-hmm. know, I think all Catholic schools are private. I don't know. Anyway, the point is. That I was like, mm, but then I realized that we live down the street from a Catholic school. So right. And I was like, never mind. I was going to say, That's like, what's fair. your issue? There's one, like, a block from here. Yeah, but it's like, this is the only one that I know we have. <laughs> okay. I guess so that's I was fair. Just like, I don't feel like it's very common, but also there's one right there. Yeah. And I think it's just an elementary school. But, like, whatever. Yeah. We're just not very Catholic. That's why I was like, hmm. Yeah. Okay. Comparatively to many places. Mm-hmm. Like... The East? That's part of their city's personalities. <laughs> the East. Boston and Baltimore. Boston. The bee towns. The, the, the bee places. Bean towns. The beans. Yeah. If they, there are beans, they're Catholic. I'm wrapping it all around. That's, that's part of their personality. <laughs> Catholic. That's why there's so many beans in Italy. That is their personality. Speaking of Italy. Catholic. Romans had grid systems, apparently. Not not like a lot, like, not like, oh, Rome is grid system. Cause right. Because clearly not, but no. uh, Roman military, they're like, this is very organized. Yeah. It lets us get soldiers out places really quick. Yeah. Which is great. It's a smart thing to do. If you, if you, yeah, you can tell in America when a city was planned after a certain point. Yes. And when a city <laughs> was, is old. Is very old. Or there's just not enough space. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. Seattle's that old, but there's just not space to do a grid system People because did it's not, on the ocean. They didn't plan it. Uh, 
Uh, New York City, one of the most beautiful grid systems in the world, yeah. was not originally a grid system when it was New Amsterdam, right? When it was owned by the Dutch, but after after we the U.S. bought it, uh, they put it into a grid system to make it easier to sell off real estate, which is a very New York mm-hmm. City thing to do. And they're like, fix it. Very no. true to character, now even it's then. That way, uh, and that was with the Commissioner's Plan of 1811, Commissioner Gordon. Uh, actually, one of the commissioners was our Senator Governor Morris. Yay! Which, none of this is to do with the topic I'm going to talk about, really, okay. but I saw his name. I'm like, I have to talk about Governor Morris. That's the bay, man. Because he was in there doing the city planning. He's in everything. I mean, that makes sense, too, because he was the one who also edited freaking the Constitution. That's true. He's in everything. He's And he's an order man. Yeah. You know, he wasn't in there to make it sound pretty. He was in there to make it make sense. Gotta be the grid. He's an engineer boy. You might notice in a lot of older cities, everything's made out of brick. Yeah. Uh, This is because if it's made out of wood, it's burned down by now. Bye. (laughs) We talked about Nero and, you know, the probably fake story about how he fiddled while it burned. Yeah. But when he rebuilt, he's like, okay, the streets have to be wider. Everything needs to be made out of stone. So it doesn't happen again. I mean, that's smart. It's smart. What a good boy. The point being, you see a lot about people by what they build. True. So, what we're going to talk about is Seattle. Yay! Wahoo! We live near there. Yeah. Uh, I was there today. <laughs> you were there today. And I took the worst road possible, because my phone made me. Wh- how? What road? There's only, like, three ways to go. No, no. Once I was in Seattle. Oh, okay. Once I had taken my exit, it was like, just follow, I think it's called Ravenna or Ravina. Uh-huh. But it does this the whole time. It's just like a roller coaster road. <laughs> like, it just yeah. goes like this back and forth. Yeah. Like, switchbacks on a road. Yeah. There's cars parked on both sides the whole way, so it's just, you're totally scrunched. Mm-hmm. And there's somebody behind me the whole time, like, go faster! And I'm like, I can't, <laughs> I'll die. I'll die. I'll die right now. And I had to be on that road for, like, a mile. <laughs> I'll, I'm gonna die because of this. And there's four-way stops every, like, freaking <laughs> 20 feet. What, what a terrible thing. Horrible. Fix it. So we live in, technically, Bellevue, but... Yeah. Much better. To, like, anyone who doesn't live within, like, 15 miles of here, we just say we live in Seattle. Yeah, it's easier. Yeah, it's kind of like, you if know. If you live within, like, 30 minutes of Seattle, you probably just right. say Seattle. Like, if you live in a suburb, you don't say you live in the suburb. You just say you live in, like, London. Right. Or, like, New York. Right. Paris. I live in Paris. Yeah. Because you will never know what the suburb is. It's too, it's too you, difficult. You don't care. So the Seattle area was inhabited by Native Americans, of course. Yeah. We think at least 4,000 years before white settlers came. Holla. Holla, first European settlements. Mm -hmm. Uh, The tribes of the Pacific Northwest, kind of west coast of Canada, Alaska Panhandle, are great uh, cultures, great rich cultures. They're some of the few sedentary hunter-gatherer societies in the entire world. Yeah, they just be chilling. They don't need to go anywhere because, like, they got salmon coming to them all the time. Oh, yeah. You don't gotta move. It's great here. Especially with, like, even, you know, now modern times with all of, like, our big buildings and things in the way. It's amazing in Bellevue how you can go from, like, you're in the middle of town to, like, you're in the wilderness. Right. In, like, minutes. <laughs> like, and you're like, where yeah. did the town go? And then you just drive a little farther and you're back. Yeah. Like, you take three steps and you can't see the sky anymore. There's yeah. too many trees. 
There's too many fish. Like, yeah, we our our like area has really hung on as hard as it can to like the nature of it all. In cool. 1851, Arthur A. Denny. And his group of travelers. Did he found Denny's? <laughs> subsequently known as the Denny Party, mm. not the Donner Party. <laughs> Sounds much more tasty. They have <laughs> breakfast the, all the time. The Denny's Party. 24-hour <laughs> breakfast. Now seating Denny's Party. <laughs> party of a few. Some. To settle Seattle. Yeah. Denny's Party. Denny. Uh, arrived from Illinois via Portland, Oregon, on the schooner Exact at Alki Point on November 13th. Cool. Uh, the settlement was moved to the other side of the shore to what is the hub of Seattle Yay. and named Seattle after Chief Seattle of the local tribe. We love doing that. We just love doing that. Like Moses Lake is named after a Chief Moses. I'm pretty sure Spokane is named after like the people. Yeah. I mean, white people don't just come up with words like Issaquah. No. Puyallup. No. <laughs> They don't have the creativity for it. These are, these are all things we still. <laughs> uh, so logging was Seattle's first major industry. By the late 19th Makes century, sense. the city had become a commercial and shipbuilding center as a gateway to Alaska for the Klondike Gold Rush. Sure. Like many other cities founded because of natural resources, Seattle has a history of booms and busts. Right, of course. Because things are going good, and then, like, you run out of trees for a couple seconds, and everyone is just dies. Everyone runs in circles and screams, ah! We're out of trees! What, what do we, we do? What panic! What do we do? Which is hilarious. I can't, like, I know that, obviously, <laughs> these aren't the same trees that we have that they were using then. Right. But I can't imagine us running out of trees. Yeah. Especially because, like, not only here, but there are parts of Washington that are just rainforest, where yeah. no one lives. And, like, they not didn't... Not very far from here. They didn't have the same... Like equipment or kind of industrial processes. Right. So they can't cut it down that fast. There's no way you ran out. Uh, Dorks. But, but, you know, then they, you get a couple gold rushes, it's fine. Right. So logging, gold rush, jumping off point fishing. This is all way, way before Microsoft, Boeing, Amazon, Starbucks. It's Google. not. It's not like rich and hipstery and grungy and like cool yeah. and hip. and. But it's still like raining a bunch. So it's basically just like a swamp bog with a bunch of loggers in it. It's sad. It's just sad. And these are the people who are designing the city. Right, and they don't know how to do stuff. These are the city planners, and they are dirty, rowdy boys. Mm -hmm. They are logging men. And for the most most part, uh, it's like an okay city. It's like, it's fine. It's not too bad. I guess. The problem is, the problem is... Uh, I mean, there's a couple problems. They advanced to the point, like, in the 1850s or so, like, right when they're landing, uh, there's this new invention called the water closet, which yeah. is indoor plumbing. And Toilet. It's, it just, it, it's astounding. You can poop in the doors. In, inside. Inside. And the waste goes outside. And you don't have Magical. to go. You don't have to be outside. You can stay inside. It's and, the best. <laughs> And poop inside, and the water takes it for you. Right. One of the things that whenever people are like, if you could go back in time, I'm like, no, I like being able to poop inside. Pooping inside is a great advance. And that's like real recent. (laughs) So it's like, I can't go back very far before I can't do that. Not like too far. And I'm not going to poop outside. Uh, I won't do it. I've done it. 
I lived in a house that didn't have indoor plumbing before. Oh, I mean, I grew up in Alaska. We only had an outhouse. I don't know how Alaska works. <laughs> I don't want to. I feel like if I assume that you don't have plumbing, that that's me like thinking you're barbarians. And then if I yeah. like. And then I assumed that you did, and then you didn't, and now you're like, it's Alaska, why would we have plumbing? And I'm like, I don't know. Most of the places were like normal uh, houses and trailers and stuff. Yeah. One place did not. It had, eventually we had like a bath, like a, you know, a tub inside. Oh, sure. Uh, The outhouse was outside, of course, so you had to go outside, even in winter, to go to the bathroom. And also there was no heating. Hold it. There was no heating, so in the morning before school we had to get up and like... Light the wood stove. It's ridiculous. And all the wood, like all the floors were wood and they weren't like paper, like sandpaper down. So you would get like, you know, splinters sometimes if you didn't wear socks. Haley was born a million years ago. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) There were horses, you know. Yeah. The donkey had to churn (laughs) our butter and things for us. Pa had to warn us away from the bears. (laughs) We'd go play we in the woods. We had to fight over the salmon with the bears. <laughs> uh, that's my childhood. Yikes. Anyway. And then I'm, <laughs> I moved from eastern Washington to western Washington, and I'm like, why don't they have air conditioning? What's wrong with these people? Barbarians. How do you live like Every this? single place in eastern Washington has air conditioning. So all of my childhood, like, smell memories, you know, the ones that last the longest. Yeah. I describe them, and people are like, did you grow up in Game of Thrones? <laughs> What? I'm like, yeah. yeah. I smell the wood like, stove burning. Like and the burning wood and the snow and the blood and the fur. And they're like, what? <laughs> what on earth? I'm like, you know, from the skins of the bears that they hunted. And they're like, what are you talking about? Where did you grow up? In the U.S.? Yeah. Now? Yeah. In America. Technically. And I'm an American citizen. Technically. <laughs> I'm a millennial. You're not in the, <laughs> you're not in the contiguous, though. It doesn't That's count. thing. So, uh, the water closet yeah. came to Seattle, and they're very Ooh. excited. These logger boys are like, I can sit down on this porcelain throne, and it's like the most dignified part of my day. Yeah. But they're... And luckily, they're right on the ocean, so they can just plush that poop out to sea. It's, you know, it's pretty great, and that's and what they And it'll clean thought. itself. They're like, totally. it's, it's genius. Yeah. The the ocean's right there. Right. The ocean is our butler and our sewage. Yeah. It's perfect. But these are dirty, rowdy boys, mm-hmm. and they don't know how to do things. Right. Uh, so ideally, you would flush, and the water just goes away. Yes. Uh, everyone kind of knows this. I think intrinsically. If you use a toilet, if you know, like if you know anything about gravity. Yeah. You know this. The Romans knew this. It leaves. Medieval monks knew this. Sewers are underground. Sewer, the sewage should go down. However, uh, Seattleites didn't know this. Oh, no. So every time the high tide would come up, all of the toilets would flush backwards. What? They would all, all the water would just gush up out of the toilets. That's not a good bidet. Mm, It's the worst bidet. It's a bad day. It's the, it's the, it's a bad day. (laughs) It gives you a bad day. Yikes. So twice a day, every high tide. Twice a day. Every oh, high tide. No. Every high tide. Because they were dirty, what? rowdy boys. Doofuses. They didn't know how to plan cities. So every high tide, all the toilets just explode. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. What if you were on the toilet? 
They had to happen to people, right? Yes, of course. Or they were like, I gotta go to the bathroom, and then they're like, wait, what time is it? And they like, look at the tide, and they're like, I can wait 30 minutes. Right, they look outside, they're like, "Uh uh-oh, we gotta leave. We gotta go. Right. I'm like, what do you do when you just have to go poop? It's just gonna fly up your butt. Go somewhere else. It's bad. You just have to go in the wilderness. Right, and like, even if you go slightly before high tide, it's coming back. Right. You're gonna see it again. It's not good. You're gonna see it again in a few minutes. It's so gross. Depending on your timing. Additionally, uh, it's a logging town, so everything's made of wood. Mm-hmm. Not great. No. As we know, all the long-lasting cities of the world are not made of wood. Because they burn. They, they don't last. They don't have longevity. Wood is bad. Uh, that mean, It means there's an abundance of cheap, flammable uh, tum- uh, timber. Not tumber. Tumbler. Cheap, flammable tumbler all over Seattle. That's what they build their houses out of. Yay! Uh, half the buildings are on stilts because they want to be above the uh, tide line. No. Because they built their city on the swamp at or below the high water mark. Idiots. Can't believe it. I don't trust stilts, man. <laughs> and, like, if something is on fire, you can't get the water up to it as yeah. easily. And then it's going to burn the stilts and your house will fall down even if it wasn't going to. Mm-hmm. The first boy to spill something flammable, I guess, ended up destroying the entire central business district, four of the city's wharves, and its railroad terminals. Great. In 1889, and it's what's known as the Great Seattle Fire. I've heard of it. We think it's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's great. Woo! Just, just a super, just super Seattle the fire. The best time. Uh, the good news is Seattle rebuilt re- uh, really quickly. Yeah. Because no one dies, which is very fortunate. I think a uh, few people might die in the, like, rebuilding and or, like, recovery process. But no one dies in the fire. That's And good. they're, like, a plucky little frontier town, so they get a Aww. ton of, like, support money from the rest of the country. Plucky. They're, like, the only disaster that happens that year, so everyone uh, has yeah. a, t- a ton of money to spare. Oh, I remember back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. The only disaster was, like, this kind of stupid built <laughs> town burnt down that no one, and right. no one died. A 24-year-old spills a bottle of flammable hot glue, and the entire city burns down, and... No one dies except for like a million rats. Yeah, which is good. I mean, in general, it's really good because it means they can rebuild with stone. Yeah, they can rebuild with stone. They can elevate things above sea level, mm-hmm. so all the toilets don't explode every time the water comes up. That's good. Everything's gonna be fine. And that year after the fire, Seattle's population doubles. Everything's going fine. Great. Everything's great. What could go wrong? What's what's gonna go wrong? Something's gonna go wrong. I don't know. Something goes wrong. Something goes a little wrong. Okay. Because here is where we start getting silly with it. Na 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 na. Wang. Getting silly with it. <laughs> there, there's a little throwaway line on the Wikipedia page for the Great Seattle Fire. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what I know about the topic, which we're finally getting to. Uh-huh. It might seem a bit weird, like, what? What does a fire have to do with this? Uh, (laughs) The sentence says, Because of the fire, the buildings in downtown Seattle now sit some 20 feet above the original street level. Sure. You know, it makes sense because, you know, above water level. Gotta get up for the poop. Because remember the toilets, Alexis. Mm -hmm. Twice a day, tide comes in. However... The part of Seattle starts doing this 
all the businesses have already started to rebuild uh-huh. at the original level, like 10 to 20 feet down. Uh-huh. And instead of blocking off economic flow and destroying all their progress, they try to make a compromise. Hmm. And what on earth could be the compromise between two street levels, like 15 feet opposite each other in, like, difference height? What is happening? What could the solution be? Uh, Well, I know that some businesses are now underground. So is that what it is? Yeah, so for a while their solution is basically just ladders. Oh, okay. So what... (laughs) They build right over the foundations, and they raise the streets by about 10 feet, sometimes up to 20 in some places. Sure. Out of harm's way, the business owners have already been rebuilding. And what they do, if you want to, it's a little hard to picture. If you're in on one side of the street on the sidewalk, you just mm-hmm. come out of a shop. In front of you is a huge wall. Right. Stone wall. And if you look up, about 10 feet overhead is the street. To get up there, you need to either take stairs or ladder. Ugh. So you take a ladder 10 feet up. You're now on the street. There's horse carts. There's people walking. Very normal. You cross the street. You're going to have to go down another set of ladders, about 10 feet. And now you're on the other side of the street. Here's the sidewalk and all the other shops are here. No. Hooray! No. The city basically said, all right, shopkeeps, add a new entrance on your second floor. And that's going to be the solution. Okay. And they're like, yeah, makes sense. This seems like a tenable long-term solution. We could do this for Totally. Age. We can do this. Like, here's a, I have a picture for Alexis. We can put this up on our... On our page. Oh, gosh. For you to look at. It's so doofy. It's very doofy. It kind of looks like if you made a, a city shaped like a waffle iron. Yeah. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. And all the shops are inside the little divots. Yeah. And all the streets well, are the little raised bits. And I've been in places in Seattle before where you, yeah, you go down to, like, the basement of a building that you can get to just from stairs on the street. Yeah. And it's like a little mall down there. Yeah. And it's a whole bunch of shops. It's well, very weird. <laughs> it's strange. It feels very bizarre. And this is clearly absurd and not not something that can be sustained. No. Uh, like, uh, I'm pretty sure they, like, uh, more than a few people died because they just fell off. Yeah. I See, as a person... Who is afraid of falling off ladders. Right. This is, like, horrific to me. And you're just, like, a normal person. Imagine if your city is filled with alcoholically inclined logger boys. Yeah, no. They're definitely going to die. Yeah, I think, like, some 17, 20 men, and then they called it involuntary suicide. Oh, my gosh. They just kind of fell. That's not real. And this is clearly, it's terrible. They so, just accidentally <laughs> killed themselves. It's whatever. You know, they they fell onto the sidewalk and they killed themselves. Whoops. Dude. <laughs> it's my worst fear. That was, that was the other thing because I was, like I said, I was at the um, Safeco, mm-hmm. right, for the big, like, Mormon meeting thing. And those stairs are so steep. Yeah. The whole time I feel like I'm going to fall backwards and die. Right. You can like see your mortality when you look out. Yeah. It's horrible. 
And then it was funny because Wayne was with me, right? And he's like, I don't know if that makes it better or worse that I was, like, behind you. And I'm like, better in that, like, I would fall on you and then I would have, like, a meat shield between me and the ground. Mm -hmm. Like, do I think you're going to, like, catch me? No. No. You just have a partner in death. Well, I might be cushioned and he might die instead. Yeah. So that's nice. That's nice. But I don't want to fall backwards either way. Because it scares me. And eventually, Seattle realizes this. Mm -hmm. And so they decide to create new sidewalks at the new street level. Right. They just pave over it. Uh, But they don't fill it in. Because why would you fill it in? I don't know what you mean by fill it in. Uh, Like from the ground up? Yeah. Okay. So it's just like it juts out. Well... It's the sidewalks for about 20 blocks around Pioneer Square, which is in downtown Seattle, Mm -hmm. are hollow. Oh. It's like little hallways down there where the streets used to be. Sure. So what they do is they they just extend the street from the street out to the second story of these businesses, Mm -hmm. and they close off that bottom original street. Right. So now it's just... Pure concrete from one end to the other. Just It looks like a normal street. You uh-huh. would never guess there was another world down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they put pavement lights so, like, some light can get down there. Yeah. So whenever you see, like, a little patchwork of purple glass, it's purple now. It used to be white. Right. That means that's, like, one of those hollow hallways down there. Yeah, they have, um... That's why we have, like, underground tours and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took an underground tour not here, but in Pendleton. Yeah. Which I want to talk about sometime. But, the, yeah, they had the, they showed us, like, the glass and stuff down there. It was really cool. And they, like, turn yeah. off all the lights when you're in the part, like, with the glass so that you can see what, like, kind of the light would be like. And then you can right. see when someone walks over it. It's really weird. So they don't fill it in. And thus the Seattle Underground is born. Yay! Hooray! Yay! This isn't the end of it. Businesses continue to thrive down there. Yeah. Because uh, those shops don't close. I assume right. this is why they didn't fill it in. It's like the shops are like, we still have businesses down here. Yeah. Like, you can't close us down. Sure. Some businesses legal, some not so legal. Mm-hmm. That's the best place to put your illegal businesses. Yeah. Underground. The the most notable being the seamstresses. Mm. Uh, they're not really seamstresses. They don't sew ah, as much. That's just sure. what they tell the police when they they're come a knocking. When they come a knocking, they're ladies of the night. They're la- sewers of the night. Uh huh. <laughs> In this wild west, exploding toilet underground world, like two thousand five hundred women are registered as seamstresses. Uh huh. It's like ten percent of the population. Wow. It's a uh, lot. And. Yeah, it's just you know, it's just you know what they tell him. I was I was darning sure. I was darning his sock, oh. officer. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I don't about. know what you want me to do. I don't know what to say. It's his socks, mm-hmm. S- socks in him. Wink. And because the local tax man doesn't want to go barging up to all these big rowdy lumbermen, sure, it's much easier just to go extract wages out of uh, entertainment people, right? That's uh, usually who they go after. Seamstresses, people who have liquor license, gambling. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so for a while, that tax accounts for nearly 90% of the city's revenue over a uh, nine-year period. Mm. So it's a lot of money. It is. A lot of moolah being moved. Yep. One of the biggest movers and shakers of the time is Madame Lou Graham. 
She is Seattle's founding mother. Nice. She's a, a beautiful, powerful woman. And a madam. And, and a madam. A madam of all Seattle. Mm-hmm. She's born Dorothy Georgine Emile Oben, uh, originally from Germany, I think. Okay. Or Germanic in origin. Sure. Became one of the city's wealthiest and most influential citizens before passing away in 1903. Uh, we've talked about, like, dirty, rowdy boys, and she's just, she's the complete opposite. She's just this queen, mm-hmm. this business like goddess, right? Who just comes into Seattle and's like, I can fix this. It's beautiful. So she arrives in 1888. The city had recently had some big wins for women's suffrages. Sweet rights. Because uh, there are quite a few. I mean, certainly not. I don't think it's even close to like 50-50, just because it is still, mm-hmm. you know, more of a logging town than it is right. anything else. But they do win some big, some big uh, concessions. Are we a state by then? 1888? Uh, I don't know. Let me check. I don't know either. Washington State. I don't know when it happens. Statehood. Uh, 1889, so almost. Ah, okay. Almost. It felt like it was close. November 11th, 1889. So it's like a year later. Yeah, so almost. It's getting there. That's not good for women. Voting. No, it's not good for women voting. Uh, but the town's frontier economy was also going to cardiac arrest at this time due to crackdowns on the liquor, the gambling, and other sinful activities. Right. They kind of go through cycles of, I mean, you know, let them do what they want. And then it's like, oh, no, don't let them do what they want. And yeah. that affects the taxes that they're a, allowed to collect. They had a problem with that. Yeah. Like, it's, it's weird because, like, you, you know, especially now, I think you'll watch, like, crime shows, mm-hmm. and you'll see cops on those shows not busting people, even right. though they're clearly committing crimes. Yeah. And you're like, why are they just letting them do that? And, like, I feel like people apply that to also back in the day, and it's like, oh, but it's different. It's like, this is part of how their economy is functioning. Yeah. And if you crack down on it, it won't work anymore. Right. We'll talk about that, And actually. even still, they yeah. want to do it. But they cannot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, every time they do, it's like, it gets worse. And it's like, wow. It gets worse. Great. Like, uh, I think at some point, like, very late in her career, uh, a cop who doesn't know who she is tries to arrest uh-huh. uh, Lou Graham. And the rest of the police force is like, you idiot. What are you doing? She pays fees. She you can't pays arrest our her. salary. <laughs> she pays for the whole city. You can't arrest her. Right. You... <sighs> Let her go, and you're on timeout. How dare you? Oh, so before that, when she's still getting out, Mm -hmm. she first approaches Jacob Firth, who she's uh, not officially, but kind of unofficially partnered with kind of throughout her life. Okay. Uh, He's a prominent banker. for business only? Uh, I think business only. Okay. I think I'd have to know a little bit more about it to ship it. To say, but, to say pleasure as well. <laughs> but it, they're, they're, they're very they're, cute. They they're kinda, business partners, though. They, they bail each other out a few times, and it's very oh, okay. cute. Nice. But he's a prominent banker and businessman, and through him, she gets in contact with a number of other leading uh, people who can kind of control the city. And she has an idea to mm. turn this place around. And she has this dream of opening a highbrow salon parlor. Ah. For the most beautiful, intelligent, well-read girls in the city. Nice. Where any, like, the most 
rich silk top hatted man can come and get good conversation and a good drink and right. company, perhaps. Sure. Whatever uh, he's willing to pay for. Yeah, with comparable prices to the finest quality hotels. Yeah. And it'll be great. And, you know, all we have to do is stop the cops from cracking down on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's nonsense. And the idea is we'll pay the cops. Uh, each girl will pay them, like, $10 a month. Okay. Which is a lot of money back then. Yeah. It's like paying them rent. Yeah, to the cops. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of money. She says, so not only will they not raid us, because that's... Not doing anyone any favors. Right. But sewing and parlor opening is very dangerous. Right. So if we call the cops, they have to help us. Sure. And he's like, this sounds great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll help you with your loan and you can open this place and it'll be great. Yeah. And everything kind of works. They agree it works. Uh, her first building is short-lived, unfortunately, because the Great Fire happens. Oh, Sure. Uh, But she'd already made enough in that short time to rebuild in stone and brick afterwards and expand even. Her first piece of real estate had cost $3,000. The one she bought after the fire was $25,000. Wow. She's making bank. Well, yeah. It's just this town is just full of horny drunk boys. (laughs) I know. And inadvertently, they're going to pay for this city to just, like, become sterling and gold and beautiful. Right. With their horny wallets. That's amazing. Stupid men. Uh, And, like, waste any, like, actual money they're making from their job. (laughs) Right. Uh, Thanks, guys. So a lot of this comes from local historian, famous boy, Bill Spidell, who Mm -hmm. opened and maintained the Seattle Underground Tour. Cool. uh, For a long time until he passed away. Sure. And he, like, had a column in the newspaper, and he was one of the people who advocated for remembering Seattle's history kind of in the 1960s when they started excavating the Ah, underground. Nice. Uh, And that was a time when Seattle was kind of looking to the future more. That was around the World Fair when they Uh were putting up the... Monorail. The monorail and, like, the Space Needle. And he's like, okay, so that's cool, but we can't forget, like, the history. Cool. So a lot of these... uh, (laughs) Bill Spidell is awesome. He has a ton of, like, dad jokes. Nice. But he says that in... Lou Graham's heyday, more money, uh, more city business was transacted at her place than at City Hall. Wow. Like, she... Not, she owns the city. She kind of owns the city. It's in yeah. her in the palm of her hand at this point. It's amazing. The fortunes of many of Seattle's leading families were founded on loans from her. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Jacob Firth, who she originally got that first uh, business transaction from, yeah. would send people her way if he didn't think the board of directors from the bank would approve their loans. Mm. So they would go to her, and Aww. she would give them a loan at a higher interest but lower uh, formality. Sure. Uh, she may have been instrumental in saving Firth's bank from a bank uh run during the panic of 1893 by making a ostentatious large deposit. Huh. It's like, everything's fine. I fixed the bank problem. I'm, I'm putting in money so we don't have to panic. You're welcome. She saved the banks. Amazing. After she died, it just says, an employee, I'm not sure who, mm-hmm. at First's Bank became administrator of her estate. At this point, I'm like, I might ship it. Just a little bit. Maybe. So by 1903... Uh, it says she contracted syphilis uh, on a trip, I think, to San Francisco, maybe Portland. Hmm. Uh, 
But by then, she was obviously a wealthy landowner, owned a mansion in Seattle, contributed liberally to projects sponsored by the Seattle Chamber of Commerce. She contributed more money to the education of the city's children than the rest of the city's prominent early citizens combined. Nice. After the panic of 1893, again, that, like, uh, just like another financial panic. Right. Her loans saved not only First Bank, but some of the city's most prestigious families. After her death, her estate, about a quarter of a million dollars, went to support the public school system. Oh, nice. Uh, Spidell wrote in his last book that traditional forms of documentation consistently underrate the contribution of women in general, and particularly the less respectable women such as Graham. But she's great. What a good boy. She's great, and the Seattle is weird as... Seattle Underground, as weird as it is, is pretty great. Yeah. They, uh, the city itself finally uh, closed it down in 1907, officially condemned it. Oh, sure. uh, Because they had a bubonic plague scare. (laughs) Whoops. In 1907. Jesus, Louises. (laughs) There's too many rats and we're scared of plague. Uh, They're like, yeah, they're about to have like. That's quite late. That's pretty late. You should get that checked. That's like, we're getting to Spanish flu time. We don't have time for bubonic plague. <laughs> so they condemned it. Uh, from that, it's all just a bunch of, like, rumor and crime that goes on down there. Drug deals, opium dens. Right. Uh, homeless uh, dens, speakeasies, gay clubs, espionage meeting points. Who knows which of them are true, which The undesirables are. meet down All there. the undesirables. Everyone you would expect to meet in underground caves. Yep. There you uh, go. Less excitingly, it ends up as just kind of a storage bin yeah, for a bunch of old stuff. I mean, sure. And then in the 1960s, like I said, Bill Spidell mm-hmm. and a bunch of historical societies are saying, well, maybe we should excavate it a bit, kind of see what's down there. Uh, parts of it are still condemned, of but course. they do have the Seattle Underground Tours, which I highly recommend, even if you live in Seattle and have just never taken it. It's very fun. Yeah, They're I want to go people. really bad. Yeah, we should go. We should do it. Yeah. I remember doing it. My dad took me as part of just like, I never get to do touristy things unless you're here visiting, so we should oh, go do it. Nice. Oh, it was fun. You get to learn all about Lou and how she saved the city. Yeah, see, that reminds me. So in Pendleton, we took one, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very similar in the story of, yeah. like, why they settle the place in the first place and, like, of the underground and what's going on in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, like, there's a smaller, obviously. So they've got a lot of it set up, like, with props like it used to be, right? So it's like, now you're in what would have been this family's, like... Uh, like laundry business right so they have like laundry all set up and it's Uh really cute and they're like this was a candy shop and it's like set up like a candy shop and you can actually buy candy there Mm -hmm. and it's really cute um but they also obviously had uh, a lot of prostitution going on. They've got the uh, the spikes, you know, on yeah. top of the fences so that men can't climb them to get up to, like, the next floor. <laughs> yeah. And it was specifically to keep them from, like, climbing up and stuff, which I thought was really hilarious. Uh, but the woman... It's like, like anti-pigeon spikes. Right. They're, I need to look up her name bourbon. I don't know. I can't find her name. But uh, <laughs> in, in Pendleton, they had... Uh, and, they, and they still had the building up, which was great, where they used to meet... And um, apparently they do, like, a living underground thing. So, like, one, I think a couple times a year they uh, have people in there to, like, act it out. Ooh. So they've got ladies, like, calling, you know, <laughs> for gentlemen standing in their doors. Nice. And they've got actual people downstairs, like, 
playing card games and drinking from the bar and mm-hmm. like the, their meat market and everything and I'm like it's really cool nice. and it's gonna be really fun for all the people who are like giving right. the tours and that was like the biggest <laughs> thing was when I took that tour she was like the lady we had was so excited to talk about everything and she knew like everything she said she'd been doing it for like 20 years oh wow and she just like clearly really enjoyed it and like she was like oh that's my favorite thing when we get to do the like living tour and we get to act it out and she's like mm-hmm. and last year I gotta be you know one of the girls oh um, cute it was super fun but um but yeah, the there was a they had a madam too. I can't remember her name and I can't find it. It's impossible to find on the internet. But um but yeah, she they talked about how, you know, she like made a lot of money obviously and like helped out the town a lot too and how specifically like she helped women who were immigrants and like didn't really like have any education and any mm-hmm. job and that she took them in and like had them work somewhere where it was safe. Right. And then would also like help them like learn you know how to speak english properly and like how to read in english and like go to school and like help give them money to go to school like that she didn't want them to be doing that she was like i'm gonna use this to help you and if you want to do this then we'll do it but like if for any reason like you're only doing this because you have to Mm -hmm. like we're gonna get you out so you can do something else and I'm like, that's so lovely. Yeah. Isn't it nice when women are in charge and have money <laughs> yeah. and they're just nice? Ah, isn't it nice? Uh, isn't it nice when all the toilets flush the right out. way? <laughs> mm, isn't it nice? <clears throat> oh, but it's funny because they, in that um, building, they still have her bathtub because oh, it was yeah. too heavy to move. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> a big, it's like a beautiful, like pink bathtub that she had. That's amazing. Yeah. Everyone should have a giant four-ton pink bathtub. She's really cool. <laughs> and she had, like, a parrot by the door to, like, tell nice. her when people were getting there. Nice. It's and like an early like alarm system. Yeah. yeah. It was smart. She's pretty cool. I I was kind of talking about the Seattle Underground just as a closing note. When I was in Wisconsin, we were helping my grandmother settle into, like, an assisted living situation. Uh-huh. And they were having some kind of ice cream social and all the other uh, older ladies were out and gabbing, and we were talking to some of them. And it's a, you know, it's a university town. They're all very, or many of them are very, uh, uh, oh, you know. Oh, I, f- I found her name. Oh, what's her uh, name? Stella Darby. Nice. Yeah. Stella! It's a good name. They put a, sorry to interrupt you, they put a <laughs> statue up recently of her. Nice! Um, in Pendleton, and like some people were mad. <laughs> I mean, of course, but uh, she helped found your town, so shut up. Yeah, so suck it. Suck and also, it. like, I don't think <laughs> if you, yeah, if you uh, suck it. Yeah, that's where I was born. Oh, in yeah, Pendleton. I I don't think there was a lot. There's not a lot going on there generally. It's not a big town. Yeah. Um. It's just it was the closest town that had a hospital. Right. So I think I think the underground tours are kind of a big deal for them as far as like making money. Yeah. And being able to do things, mm-hmm. and so they're like, yeah, she's kind of important even now, which is pretty cool. Anyway, anyway, so I don't know how it came up, but I was talking to one of these like old retired professors' wives about like, oh yeah, Seattle Underground, and you know, they had to like build over uh, like the original sidewalks, and there was just like underground places, and the prostitutes were everywhere, and they like ran things and helped fund like all the the school system. She's like, oh, that's. That's nice. And my dad was like, anyway, <laughs> like, like, uh-oh, I said too much. I said too much to this old woman. No. <laughs> oh, no. You just got to get used to it. Just got to get used to it. You know what? Women are awesome. One way or another, you dudes are going to pay for the school system. <laughs> yeah. 
It's going to be your money no matter what. Uh, yeah, hysterical history. History about ladies. That's also <laughs> funny. It's also funny. Toilet humor, some of that good old South Park humor. Some Just drunk people falling off of, you know. To, to their deaths. Uh, unintentional <laughs> suicide. That doesn't seem right. So stupid. So ridiculous. It's so stupid. Why? How is this your sidewalk? I, and I still can't get over them being like, there's no more trees. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> what do we do? We're, we're all out of natural resources. Ah! Are you? No. Maybe they ran out of cellars. I mean, now our our part of the world is founded by unnatural resources. That's true. <laughs> Very unnatural. Dark and unnatural forces. <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> Microsoft. Bezos. Boeing. Boeing. Google. Googs. Um, well, I don't know what else is like big. Mi- Microsoft. I said Microsoft. Oh, uh, Starbucks. That's true. Starbucks. Valve. Valve's here. <laughs> the most unnatural and dark. <laughs> Oh, we have Nintendo. Oh, yeah. We have, like, the only American Nintendo facility. That's true. It's weird. Like, why us? <laughs> I don't know. I guess because Microsoft. I don't know. I don't know. We Very just strange. Had the biggest, nearest airport, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I think we're the only one. Yeah, that's true. We are closest. I mean, but so is California. It's just strange. Yeah. Who knows? We're a magnet now. We're a magnet. For- Anyway, come to Seattle, uh, go to Pioneer Square and take the tour. It's really fun. Go to the tours, learn about the prostitutes. Yeah, learn more about your hometown and what your prostitutes did for your town. Yeah. Uh, Pendleton, Stella Darby, what's up? Hey. I was going to do an episode about her sometime, so I'm glad I got to mention her here because, like, I don't think there's enough for me to do a whole episode Mm -hmm. because it's so small and it was, like, short, but I loved it. And I was so into her. It's like you're so rad. It's so I... cool. I'll post um I'll post some of my photos. I still have them from that tour. I'll nice. post some on our Facebook page. This will be just like a, a big underground Palooza. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, discover the deep seedy underbelly of your town <laughs> today. Uh, send us an email if you have underground tours or if you've ever been on an underground tour yeah. or if your toilets have ever come out the wrong way. <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, At least we're not Florida. Like, my biggest nightmare is for a snake to come up. Oh, yeah. No. Same. Oh, or like a rat or something. Something to bite me. Yeah. Anyway. Any, anyway. <laughs> Email us at hystericalhistorypodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Also, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you do that, send us an email about what you want us to talk about. And we'll talk about that topic eventually. And we will talk about how cool you are. And it will be just a great time for everybody. For everybody. It's a party and you're invited. Hell yeah. Today. Tomorrow. Forever. Yesterday. History. Hysterical. Okay, I think we should stop now. Haley Haley and Alexis. (laughs) It's become just words. Random words. Muskrat. Toilet. Timber. Opium. Involuntary suicide. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.